Welcome to Talkie Talk, podcast from TheMediaBias.com. Joining me today are Brent. Hello. And TJ. Yo. Today we're talking about the homework, which was assigned by TJ, the movie Anomalisa. And we're talking about other animated movies that are not intended for children. Yeah. Uh, I, we'll, we'll decide what that means as we go. Yeah, I had a false start intro where I said adult animated movies, <laughs> but those are a thing that you shouldn't Google. So, <laughs> animated movies not intended for children. Uh, TJ, is your homework? Do you want to kind of lead us through the lesson plan on Anomalisa? Sure. Anomalisa is a 2016 movie. It was a or 2015 movie nominated for a 2016 Oscar. Um, for Best Animated Feature, it's a celebrated screenwriter, I guess, Charlie Kaufman's uh, Weird Brainchild. It is a very, very strange movie. It's the first and uh, only still R-rated movie to be nominated for Best Animated Feature hmm. at the Academy Awards. Um, Michael Stone is the main character. Uh, he is a public speaker, author. Yeah, teaches people how to have good customer service, and uh, suffers from a very extreme version of Fergulli syndrome. It's the name of the hotel in the movie as well. Um, Fergulli is pretty much it's how people. Uh, think that kind of everybody's the same person or that there's one person being multiple people in their lives. Um, it's kind of a spinoff of, and more commonly, I forget what it's called, but there's a syndrome where you think like a loved one or a family member has been replaced by a replica. Yeah. Uh, it's in the same vein and the same part of the brain is affected when people have that. So he goes to this hotel, uh, everybody else besides him is voiced by the same um, actor, uh, Tom Noonan. Voices every other character in the movie, except for Michael Stone, who's voiced by David Thewlis, who is, uh, what's the character from Harry Potter? That's how you Lupin. 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 Yeah. yeah. And uh, Jennifer Jason Leigh voices a woman that he hears when he's at the restaurant uh, in his hotel. And she sounds like Jennifer Jason Leigh and not like Tom Noonan. Yeah. And it jars him into having kind of a one-night stand affair with her. Mm-hmm. Um, it's crazy. It's a... Fucking bizarre movie. It's even for Charlie Kaufman. Yeah. Um, it is stranger than being John Malkovich even. Or Adaptation. Yeah. Or Synecdoche. It is a weird, weird 85 minute or so movie. Um, I loved it. However. Uh, we saw it in the theater during its Oscar run. And I thought it was great. I remember really, really liking this movie too. So I did not rewatch it this week because it was still, I'd seen it, you know, last year and that was kind of fresh enough for me. Um, I remember really, really liking the movie. I thought it was really funny. Um, I thought it was very emotional. It's like surprisingly emotional movie. Uh, a lot of themes going on, which I, I'm not quite sure exactly, exactly maybe what, it was exactly going for, but you could definitely see a lot as far as like, um, Stone, Michael Stone, is that his name? Yeah. Yeah, Michael feeling just like alone in the world because everybody is the same to him. And then the feeling of, of sort of being awakened from that even for just like a night or two. Uh, and then I also just, I, I don't know, I just think it's, uh, also, in a way, like a metaphor for when you when you see someone and there's that connection, 
when you with meeting someone new and how they stand out so much from everything else that you encounter day to day. I thought that was an interesting aspect. I thought Jason uh, Jennifer Jason Lee was fantastic as a voice actress in the movie. She was good. Some yeah. of the best voice acting I've maybe ever heard in a movie. Um, and had the most one of the most realistic sex scenes in movie history, which is <laughs> the strangest thing to say about a stop motion puppet movie. Yeah. Very um, very unromantic. Uh, <laughs> awkward. Yeah. Two drunk people kind of stumbling their way through each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, 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 themes, the themes are weird. Yeah. In the movie. And I think there are multiple themes. Oh, yeah. There are a lot. Um, I really liked one thing in the ending that I know Chris kind of had to cut it off for the last few minutes left. But you go back and see Lisa writing a letter to Michael at the very end. And you realize it's the first time you've seen characters without Michael present. Yeah. And her... Friend now has a completely different Emily, face. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it culminates when he gets home, and uh, you know his wife is kind of livid because she's thrown a surprise party for him, and uh, he can't tell anybody apart. It's like gotten worse. Yeah. Um, his kid is like the same size as everybody else. It's just like it's real weird. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what a lot of the themes were. I mean, I, I, there were little like vignettes in the movie that stood out to me. The dream in the basement office, yeah, is real weird. Um, and that seemed more Charlie Kaufman esque than the rest of it did. That that sequence, yeah. And even the set design of the hotel, like just these like. I don't know blank halls that just go on forever. Yeah, I, I like that. And there's <clears throat> then on the, on the back of the door, there's the fire escape plan, and it's a normal sized hotel. But like from his perspective, it's this long, never ending hallway. Right. Um, I had some laugh out loud moments when he picked up the phone. I mean, this plays into everything being the same. But when he tries to order room service, right when he gets to the hotel, and there's like a picture of a waiter holding a dish, a picture of like a cooked turkey. A picture of like a plate with silverware. And he's like, I don't know which one is room service. <laughs> well, that was really funny. Um, yeah, there was a, a really weird moment that I don't remember this time, but he's walking to get ice. And uh, there's a couple fighting in the hallway. And yeah. it's almost like rhythmic, them saying fuck you to each other yeah. when they're fighting. And that's when I first realized, I think, in the movie theater, that all the voices were the same. Yeah. Is when they, they're cussing each other out. They're just going, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. And it's the same cadence and tone, and two people are saying it. And you kind of realize, like... It is a very disorienting start to that movie when you... Yeah, they don't they don't tell you much about it. Nope. It just fucking starts. You, you are just experiencing it through his eyes, yeah. which is just everybody sounds the same. And it's very confusing because they look the same and sound the same. And so you get very confused as to, you're, you think you need to learn characters like you do at the beginning of any movie. And then you realize that they all look the same and sound the same. And it's very confusing for a few minutes where you're like, wait, is that the guy from, from earlier? Or, right. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. They're all the same. That's the point to him. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, girls just want to have fun scene is amazing. <laughs> yeah. I thought... Uh, her she, singing yeah she she finishes the verse and he's like oh that was and then she goes into the bridge yeah. and keeps singing 
<laughs> yeah, it was, it was weird. Um, one thing that sh- shocks me about this movie is that it has a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, which seems crazy to me. Yeah, that's bizarre. Seems very high <clears throat> for a movie like this. His Metacritic score is 88. That, I kind of get. But th- this movie screams one that would have a higher Metacritic score than Rotten Tomatoes score, I feel like. Certainly see that. You know, you would think that there would be somebody from like the the Milwaukee Post or something that, you know, dislikes it. Yeah. Fuck Milwaukee. It's it's hard to, <laughs> it's hard to like recommend this movie to like the heartland of America, you know? Like Yeah, I mean anybody that kind of represents those people in this movie are kind of portrayed as assholes, like the cab driver in the very beginning specifically. And yeah. it's like you gotta eat the chili. You should go check out the zoo. You should go catch a ball game. And he's like, I'm only here for a day. And he's like, well, then go to the zoo. I don't know. It's a zoo-sized zoo. <laughs> I, I love all, all the, like, all the like set design-y like, callbacks to that conversation he has with the cab driver. Because it's like, I don't know if that's part of the Fergoli delusion, but it has, like, it, it, they're, they're like, in the background, like, the magazine has the, like, try the chili. It's on pasta. Which yeah. is like something the cat driver says, and then he sees the billboard outside. It's like the Cincinnati Zoo, zoo size. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I do think, like, the mundane, I don't know, way this guy sees the universe is definitely the, the thing that ties all the little themes in together. And uh, it's kind of tied together with the sex toy he buys for his son. Mm-hmm. It's not really a sex toy, but it's like a. Yeah sex machine looking thing uh-huh. um, because he asked the cab driver if there's a toy store yeah just knows he'll go pick out some random toy to bring his kid and the cab driver like uses air quotes when he's not looking at him he's like there's a toy store a couple bucks up yeah. it's open all night he keeps saying it with different intonation keeps going oh, there's a toy store right <laughs> um, <laughs> and this guy obviously doesn't pick up on inflection so I think he just goes he doesn't even think about it being a sex thing he's like here's the toy store I just went in and he bought something Gave it to his kid when he gets home at the end. The kid just looks at it and like pokes it. It's <laughs> fucking weird, man. Um, I've actually seen all of Charlie Kaufman's work. Huh. Um, even watched a really awful movie I didn't talk about in the watch list for the last podcast a couple days ago. But it's uh, um, one he wrote and not directed. I've definitely seen everything he's directed because he has not directed that much. Uh, Synecdoche was his first and Anomalisa was his second Okay, behind the camera and Synecdoche is probably the second weirdest out of all the things he's written if you don't know who Charlie Kaufman is he's uh, he wrote Internal Sunshine The Spotless Mind is probably his best known work adaptation being John Malkovich Human Nature is really bad we watched that one and uh, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind which I actually have not seen mm-hmm. Sam Rockwell uh, movie from 2002 I've seen a couple of his movies. I've seen, uh, well, I've seen Being John Malkovich. I'm a huge fan of that movie. Uh, and uh, I've seen Adaptation once. I don't remember a lot about it. I know... It's the Nicolas Cage plays yeah. him and Twin Brother. Meryl Streep's really good. Chris Cooper, really good. John Hawks. John Hawks. Really good. I saw Confessions of a Dangerous Mind in the theater when it came out. And so I was like uh, 18 when, that, when I saw that. Don't remember loving it, but also my tastes have definitely changed since right. I was 18. So yeah. uh, I should probably see that again. And then uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind might be one of my favorite movies of the new millennium. So nice. it's a big fan of that. What about you, Chris? 
of all the things that I've seen of his. Yeah, you've seen being John Malkovich, right? I've seen being John Malkovich. I love being John Malkovich. It's it's I think the the, the directest comparison between all of his works. Yeah, um, <clears throat> uh, I really like that. I love Eternal Sunshine. Um, haven't seen Schenectady. I haven't seen um, the bad one that you were talking about. It's pretty much. It. And I've seen adaptation. adaptation. Yeah. I really liked adaptation. It took me it took me three tries to, to actually sit through and watch all of adaptation. Nice. Um, he has really writing a science action thriller. It's coming out in 2019, uh, based off the Chaos Walking trilogy, starring Tom Holland and Daisy Ridley. All right. Yeah, Robert Zemeckis produced, directed by uh, directed by Doug Liman, uh, who directs action movies, Edge of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Director directing huh? a Charlie Kaufman movie, so that'll be <laughs> fucking fun, I guess. I just yeah. I just read this uh, the, the production history of Anomalisa, and it makes complete sense. It was like it was originally going to be a short story, and they like didn't really have funding. It went on Kickstarter, raised like a good amount of money, like four hundred over four hundred thousand dollars, and then a D- Dino Stamatopoulos' production studio, Starburns. Uh, Industries or whatever uh, bought it and funded it and turned it into a full-length movie, which like it makes sense if you t- if you think about a Charlie Coffin movie with puppets uh, t- that discusses like the mundanity of life from like a mid-level celebrity, like like yeah, it's gonna have trouble finding funding. Yeah, Coffin didn't want it to be animated <laughs> originally. Weird. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I feel like we're selling Anomalisa short. It is just. It is a weird one to assign for homework because it is very hard to discuss without seeing it. Yeah, there really because there really isn't much like. Oh, you remember that part where? Because it's all in the atmosphere of yeah, his total like tonal <clears throat> setting. Oh yeah, I mean the movie opens up with him on the airplane, and it's it sounds like like I I don't I didn't know who played what roles like going into it. But it's just a cacophony of voices, all kind of like chattering uh, yeah. on the plane, and it's it sounds like it might be like one person, like kind of like running through memories. But that's just the 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 conversations that people are having on the airplane around him that just get muddled because he has this disorder, right? Yeah, I mean it's 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 it is fun. It's a it's also a fun love story. That whole scene is is cool. I mean, not really a scene, but the whole hotel room scene with. Jennifer Jason Lee and and him Michael Stone mm-hmm. is it's kind of weird and sad. He's obviously got that woman who's there who he loved decades before when he was like a different man. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got his kid and his wife at home, and he's falls in love with this girl. Uh, we'll go ahead and spoil it for you if you're listening to this. If you don't care, you've seen it, I guess. But uh, she starts morphing at the end, and her mm-hmm. voice goes away, which is kind of heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. Uh, even though he's cheating on his, you know, wife, who's a mother to his kid, and was trying to like fix a problem with a past relationship, he really wanted this to work for him just because he wanted him to get well. He's sick, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, obviously, it's hilarious that it's customer service. Yeah. Do you think that says anything? Do you think it's trying to say anything, like just kind of about how infatuation, and once you, uh, once you. Maybe if you're infatuated with someone, and sometimes when you 
sleep with them or you you get what you seek romantically then the infatuation is gone and they're the luster is off a little bit for sure yeah that that that, i found it heartbreaking from her perspective in that regard yeah i I also think that the part of the transformation is also that he starts seeing like the human qualities the things about her that reminded him of all the other people that, Mm -hmm. that kind of like blend into gray um you know almost in like a uh, it's not phantom pain uh, phantom thread scene when they're eating brunch the morning after and she starts like clinking the fork against her teeth so like, these are the things that irritate him that every other person does this person was supposed to be special right and she's not right she's just another person she was someone who she's actually like the most simple plain person yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and I think that, that, that part of the reason why he was infatuated with her is because she worships him so much yeah. and like now he's kind of taken her down and like is just another notch so she's like she, she's regular again. Whereas Emily, her friend, always looks regular because she wasn't trying to praise him. She was just trying to, like, sleep with him just to, like, you know. She just saw him as, like, another, like, one of the adoring fans from the masses. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if, if it was the infatuation that, that, that made it. If it was just infatuation, but more of just his ego trip had come to an end once right. he was able to conquer this woman. I don't know. Maybe I think that, that that Michael Stone is more narcissistic than he actually is. No, I think he definitely is. I think definitely agree with that. Again, there are so many themes at play, overlapping yeah. each other in this movie. Yeah, that actually makes sense. What you're saying, Chris, too, with the the guy in the basement office who's just like, "I'm in love with you." Like he has no want for that. You yeah, know what I mean, that's normal. We don't want normal. He's tired. Tired of normal. Yeah. It's, but yeah, and I think Kelly noticed this, but when the letter is read by the puppet character, is it a different voice actress on the plane than at the restaurant? Or is it Tom Noonan again? I, th- I think I would have to rewatch that because... I think the memory is a different voice actress. Yeah. And Which, then seeing her then, because the last time we saw her was 10, 11 years ago, whatever. Yeah. But now it's kicked in, so she's just a dude talking again. Yeah. The monotone voice. That, that fits with the plot. There. Yeah. Yeah. Are we uh, are we closing the book on Anomalisa? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think it's not a movie that I would ever guarantee someone would like. No. Because it is, it, is just a, it is just a coin flip, given the person. Like, there is a chance that almost anybody could just love this movie. But I would definitely recommend watching it. The animation is 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 at least very impressive and beautiful. Yeah. And and so unique. And again, it's Charlie Kaufman. You're going to be seeing something you don't see in any other movie. So at least there's that unique quality. I mean, I do recommend movies that people may hate sometimes. Like that's <laughs> I'm okay with that. I think there I think you should see movies that you don't like sometimes as long as they're as long as they're interesting in some way. Yeah, and I don't think I think the last thing you could ever call Anomalisa is is like ordinary. Ordinary. Yeah. So that's kind of what it's going for. Yeah, it's an anomaly. So. <laughs> I did just really hate that conversation where she was like, "Anomaly." That's a word I used for, I used from your book. And I wanted him to immediately be like, "Well, you're an Anomalisa," but it took them like another five minutes to get there of like pillow talk <laughs> and him like weirdly kissing her face. So, yeah, <laughs> not only said it is, it is weird. I mean, I would recommend it to people who are, consider themselves anything close to a, like a cinephile, I guess. 
because it is bizarrely original, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're gonna talk about something that we don't really know uh, how, we're, how we're gonna talk about it, but we're gonna we're gonna work our way through it. Uh, talking about animated movies that aren't explicitly made for little kids. Um, it's pretty much like no DreamWorks, no Disney, but you know, like the the one that I kind of had as my bottom line was uh, like Fantastic Mr. Fox. Mm-hmm. Is a good example of one that you could definitely bring kids to, but definitely not the target audience either. Well, well uh, since that's a uh, Wes Anderson movie, mm-hmm. um, would you would you say Isle of Dogs? I haven't seen Isle of Dogs, but you have. Would you say it's uh, kid appropriate? Almost, it is. It's fine. It's the exact same. Yeah. Okay. Um, there are a couple of movies that came out this year that definitely fit, or last year, sorry, that definitely fit into the category. I think um, Loving Vincent was definitely not aimed for kids. Yeah. Um, and it was an animated movie that was kind of animated just to be animated. Uh, Chris knows more about the studio that made The Breadwinner, which is also last year, that I definitely wouldn't think is aimed for kids. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I mean, it's 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 definitely like a, a, a parable for children, uh, but it's, you know, they've done Song of the Sea and The Secret of Kells, which are way more for kids. Th- uh, those are both like... Breadwinner's all I've seen, so... yeah. The, but those two are both like uh, Secret of Kells is like an old Irish folk tale that, that's told to children, animated, and same with Song of the Sea. So this is different in that it's like, you know, takes place in the Middle East in Afghanistan. And it has that parable in it, but it also has that child living the life that they're living while being to- it, like told, while it's being told, and as she kind of tells it, but. So that was another one. I'm not going all the way back quite yet. I was just kind of setting the stage. There was a, a pretty big um, theatrical release for like an hour long animated movie that was very dark. I didn't see it in the theater, but The Killing Joke was a Batman movie featuring the voice of Mark Hamill that was definitely not aimed for kids. It was very oh yeah sad and fucked up. Yeah, I mean, it involves, it? I know Did that it, it? I know that it involves the rape of uh, Commissioner Gordon's daughter Barbara. Yeah. yeah. Like, and pretty much Joker like baiting Batman into breaking Batman's rules he's created for yeah, himself. Yeah, he's trying to get Batman to kill him. Yeah. Um, and also one that I saw, I don't know if either one of y'all did, but it was definitely not kid appropriate, but uh, Sausage Party came out last year. I didn't see it. I really wanted to because I know they were making like a big push because they were told by the Academy that there was no way they were going to let them be nominated yeah. for animated. It's a, but, long, it's a one long dick joke. Yeah. Movie, pretty much. Um, so yeah, that kind of thing is what we're talking about, but uh, my first question was like, what's one that, that fits this category that is the most kid appropriate? Do y'all have anything or, or anything fun like that, that you, cause we're not really talking, we're not, we're not really guided here. Whatever you want to say, whatever you want to talk about. Well, I always, uh, you know, this, like a, as an art form, animated movies are more aimed at kids here, but I know that, that, that anime in Japan normally has a. Uh, more acceptable audience uh, regardless of age. So I think of uh, the Studio Ghibli stuff and I was trying to think of something that's like on the line and I really think like the most like brutal or like least children's friendly one is uh, Princess Mononoke. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's about, uh, you know, a, a woman in the woods and like environmental degradation and there's like, it's really bloody and it's yeah, kind it's of... the only one I've seen. It's definitely it's like for kids. Ca- kind of frightening. Yeah. Um, it's... And it's not like I mean, like sure, it could be for kids, but it's de- definitely more adult themes in it. Yeah. But that's like 
that's also like that line where it's like there's always like a theme for adults and a moral for kids in every Pixar movie. I think that's the same with Studio Ghibli, is they always have like a big overarching like pollution is bad for kids to understand, but then like you know they'll get into in Nausicaa like the military industrial complex. You know. It definitely seems more adult Mononoke does than like Ponyo does though. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's any of the recent ones, even like Spirited Away, is pretty kid friendly. Yeah, I mean, I watched that with my four year old niece. Yeah, she loved it. But I don't know if I'd sit there and watch Mononoke with her. It's a pretty dark moment in that movie. Yeah. Um, but you, Brent, you know anything? Something that skirts the line. Something that skirts the line. Um, I don't know. Maybe the Simpsons movie. Let's think about that. It's like a movie that, like, it's not explicitly like bad for kids but it's got like the one nudity you get to see Bart's oh, dick and Marge yeah. said shit once I think yeah but still Simpsons humor I, it's been a long time since I've seen it I don't know if the humor in that movie is is you know some episodes of the Simpsons are very simple humor and then others are are a little more require a little more knowledge of like pop culture and and satire and whatnot. The show kind of grew with us. We're a weird age for that. Mm-hmm. But when it first started when we were like six, seven, eight, nine, it was for kids then. It was for for families that had cool parents. Yeah, it was for, yeah. It was for families because you you the, the 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 better humor of the show was always more for adults. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you had kids running around in 1989, 1990 saying, yeah. Don't have a cow, man. Eat my shorts. Eat my shorts. And they thought that was funny. But that was, it was like not funny at all for the show. Right. The show's humor is, is much deeper than that. Um, so I don't know how the movie correlates with like an episode of The Simpsons. I remember I remember liking the movie, though. It was a long episode of The Simpsons. Yeah. yeah. So I think it skirts that line. Yeah. It also has a middle finger moment, which is, I think, one of the funniest physical gags in it. Uh, where Homer gets to use the finger and he's giving the finger... Throwing the bird up to the, all the townspeople who are trying to like lynch the Simpsons for dumping in the lake, and then the tree falls and they start scratching his head. So he uses his upward turned middle finger to dig a hole in the yeah. sandbox. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's yours, TJ? Do you have one off the dome that skirts the line? Yeah, uh, I don't know. Y'all y'all are both really really good answers. Um, I think maybe uh, something like Eight Crazy Nights. Is fine for kids. Yeah. Um, but it might be too much on the kids' side of things. Yeah, it, it's definitely just like a 90 minute burp and fart joke. Yeah, and I just don't know enough about like a lot of this anime stuff. stuff. Yeah, like I don't know about, <laughs> I've never seen the Ghost in the Shell animated stuff. That is certainly for adults. What about Akira? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that, is, that is not for children. Yeah. Um, These are movies I would like to see at some point. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah, there's. I know that the Kelly's talking about Grave of the Fireflies. That's one that's for kids, but it's also like super sad, and it's about like you know the apocalypse. I think one that might skirt the line for me is one I watched for the first time a few days ago. And I know we've all seen it now. Um, it is sad at times, and it's dark, but not in a scary way. But nine. Yeah. Um, I would feel fine watching that with like a seven or eight year old kid. I mean, it wasn't. Yeah. Too scary. Yeah, it's right. it's kind of like an adventure. If if you if you are young enough, it's just an adventure story about puppets. But if all, you, all the psychological shit, yeah, and yeah, you you understand all of that and like how how like the bleakness of the world, where like the only 
where like machines have taken over and almost like a matrix matrix esque future. Have you ever seen Mary and Max? I've never seen it. Mm-mm. It's supposed to be really good. Um, it's it's weird. I mean, there's, the skirt the line thing's hard, right? Because it's kind of like Simpsons, which is for kids and adults. Yeah. Family Guy, which is I think like kind of just for adults. South Park, which is kind of just for older teens and adults. Now, anyway, it's it's gotten very clever. Um, as it's grown. But there are some that, like, uh, Curse of the Were-Rabbit, the Wallace and Gromit movie. Yeah. Fucking hilarious. Yeah. But I know it's it's for kids. Yeah. But well, that's kids, like, kids can't appreciate it the way I can. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of like Toy Story 2 and 3 are also, like, uh... 2 and movies, 3 far more than 1. Movies that are for kids, but have, uh, humor that definitely plays for adults. Or, like, the, the theme in Inside Out is... It's not easy to grasp. Yeah. Uh, especially for kids. Yeah, it you gives... Know, that, that you need sadness. Sadness is good. Sadness helps you. That's that's definitely for adults, I feel like. But Pixar is a, a weird animal. Yeah. Um, What do you think on the other end of the spectrum, though? Like, I, I mean, I do think Anomalisa is the most... Oh, yeah. Far from kids okay movie. Yeah, um, I mean, there's... A, I've never seen it, but the legendary one is Fritz the Cat, which was uh, X-rated. It's the only... Uh, it, well... I think it may be the only like theatrically released wide wide release X rated animated movie ever. Yeah. Um, uh, this is kind of kind of cheating a little bit. I feel like it kind of in the vein that like I mean it's definitely animated, but uh, the uh, Beowulf remake from the late two thousands. Yeah. Uh, is very full of nudity and violence. Um, y'all ever seen that? Yeah. It's, it's weird. Yeah, it's weird. It's bad. Yeah, it's not that good. Uh, what was that? Uh, fuck, what was the one where uh, it, where they were pilots? What was that called? Uh, like, uh, fuck. It's like Sky Pilots. Sky like, Captain in the World of Tomorrow? Yes. That was like, that was, that. that was, it's that same style. Okay. Where they basically like took these actors, like made them do these scenes, but then just CGI animated it all. Um, that like, uh, uh, uncanny Valley, um, and likewise, I think that that the least not appropriate for children, but you would never show a kid, is Waking Life. The same thing yeah, where you film these actors do this thing, but like that's in the like scared darkly yeah. vein, right? Yeah, it's 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 a series of conversations about dreams and reality. Uh, at one point, including the it's it's Richard Linklater. Um, it, at one point, uh, including uh, like an, a conversation from uh, like the before, after, sunset, sunrise movies, mm-hmm. <laughs> just the two of them laying in bed talking about like what reality is. <laughs> it's just it's a movie that everyone in college watches and goes, "Holy shit, this is really deep!" And then you kind of like take a moment and reflect and go, "Oh, that's right, Alex Jones was in that movie." Right. <laughs> So uh, this is uh, I love finding on the like the lists of movies things you've never heard of. Uh, I'm just gonna guess this is not though uh, appropriate for children. This was a feature length comedy from 2005, uh, starring Bernie Mac and William Shatner called Little Pimp. <laughs> nice with the tagline "Size Matters." <laughs> nice uh, featuring Ludacris and Little Kim as well. Uh, about a little, it's about a nine-year-old who decides to become a pimp. <laughs> nice. Fun. Uh, uh, I just looked up the Fritz the Cat page. Yeah. Bigger than Fritz the Cat, bigger than that font, is the quote, 
we're not rated X for nothing, baby. <laughs> so they they went for it. Yeah. The the little pimp thing made me think of uh, one of my favorite little I guess short film or like mini series uh, was a uh, Freak Nick the Musical. It was uh, really yeah. funny, and it's certainly not for kids. It includes the line, read a book, read a book, read a motherfucking book. Because <laughs> it's written like a children's thing where there's like there's like a musical act at, like in the middle of each like part, in the middle of each scene. Right. Let's see. Yeah, I keep looking at other people's lists, and I there's there's movies that are on there every time. And then there's movies like The Triplets of Belleville. I've heard of that. It's supposed to be very, very good, but I've never seen it. Yeah, it's it's entirely dialogue free. Um, and yes, it's, Red Turtle ain't for kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember it's like a French film. It was really good. Yeah, and then you you see like uh, over the last 10, 15 years or so, just a lot of uh, adult themed. Well, not adult themed, but uh, movies targeted at adults that are uh, video game. Movies, Final Fantasy movies, Resident Evil. Yeah. Um, God, there's been so many Final Fantasy movies. Also, with the comic book boom of the past twenty years, yeah, uh, you get a lot of those. There were some Hellboy animated movies I know that came out. Sorry, there's a oh, there was an Aquatine Hunger Force movie. One yep. colon movie film yeah, movie film is that what it's the full title oh here it is Aquatine Hunger Force colon movie film for theaters yeah for theaters. that has that has my favorite open of any movie it's the uh, the let's go out to the lobby but it's uh, sung and performed by uh, Mastodon nice <laughs> includes lyrics like uh, 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 babies don't belong here leave the seat outside yeah, and obviously the, the elephant in the room is like the South Park movie. I think is one of the the uh, biggest right. animated movies for adults. That and Team America: World Police. Sure, South Park is also it's that is a great movie. It is. It. it, it uh, I was saying the other day when I was talking to TJ about it. I'm not sure if it stands up as far as like it being timeless because it is about like Saddam Hussein being right. Satan's gay boyfriend, but like it's. The the rest of it is still there, uh, like all all the jokes hit really well. Um, just some some good old school South Park humor. Same with Team America: World Police, with like more direct lampooning of celebrity culture. With that, mm-hmm. really funny. We should watch that on the eve of peace between North and South Korea. Now, yeah, <laughs> there's an upcoming animated horror film, uh, Malevolent. But the best part about it is the. Uh, out of the cast list, William Shatner is voicing the Overseer. Nice. It's one hundred percent funded on Indiegogo. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, another another like award darling was Persepolis. Oh uh, uh, yeah, it was another graphic novel turned uh, animated feature about a young punk rock girl living in Iran. Right. Um, it was a r- really good movie. Sought in theaters. It's a Bob's Burgers movie coming out. I saw that. And in uh, 2022, this is really far off, uh, a movie adaptation of the 2007 video game Overlord. What a strange thing to be planning four years down the road. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Warner Brothers. It's the date that's thrown. It's like this this video game movie that no one is demanding. 
It's like if someone said in 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 five years there's going to be a Skyrim movie, I'd be like, that makes sense. Yeah, I right. Would, I would plant that flag like for however far out you need. Video games that have some staying power, but I am not that familiar with the game Overlord. Yeah. What is another one that's? Uh, oh, it is on this list. I just saw it. I was going to say it was a uh, best friend of the podcast, Al's top movie last year. Uh, my entire my entire high school is sinking into the sea. It was animated for. Yeah, for adults for sure. I still have to get around to seeing that. I think it's on Netflix. Yeah, it is on Netflix. Wants to watch it, man. More th- more than just uh, curse the wear rabbit, uh, the wrong trousers. I just love Walsh and Gromit. It's just such like silly British humor. <laughs> it is, man. They hit though. Yeah, I'm cheating now. I'm going through like Rolling Stones. I saw that, that people consider Yellow Submarine an adult uh, animated movie. It's around that line, too, I suppose. Yeah. I can't decide. I'm trying to read the plot through Fits the Cat. I wonder if it's all the drug use that got it X. Because there's a shit ton of drug use, apparently. And sex, I would assume. I don't see a lot of it. Not in the... I saw one poster where Fritz had his hand, his paw down uh, another kitty cat shirt. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was there. Do you guys... So something weird in looking for this. Rolling Stones top forty animated movies of all time. Chicken Run is number fifteen. <laughs> weird. Chicken Run's not horrible, but it's, it's not horrible. But number weird. fifteen of all animated movies ever, it just barely is beaten by Steamboat Willie. Peter Travers is a weirdo, and it beat The Little Mermaid. You yeah. heard me, Peter Travers. <laughs> also, fuck Steamboat Willie. Like I get it. Yeah, but not that great. No, I actually, yeah. I actually do like that place in a list because it's like we'll give it credit for being so early but it ain't top 10. It's yeah. 15. Right. All the cops are pigs and Fritz the Cat. I saw that. It was like, yeah, cop pig. Pig cop is, is what it's all called. So yeah, that was just, they were just Dude, trying to go Dude, over shit. any line they could for the novelty of it, I think. Yeah. Coraline might be another one that's kind of on the line. Coraline's creepy. It is like a yeah. really, really twisted little story. Yeah, about a girl whose family gets replaced by like puppets, basically. Yeah, it was really scary. Dude, where's Where's Nightmare Fall for y'all? Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> mm. I've actually never seen it. You should um, check it out this year. It's really good. The animation's really fun. I, tried, I tried watching it a few years ago. And I, I didn't. I couldn't get into it. It's also like fifty five minutes long. Yeah, it's really short. Um, it's it has. I know it's not technically a Disney movie. Um, and not technically a Tim Burton movie, but it has, I think, my favorite hallmark of a good classic Disney movie in that the villain songs are the best. Uh, they are good. The, 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 the two numbers with Oogie Boogie are really good. Oogie Boogie's just a great villain. Yeah. He's the boogeyman, but he's actually just a sack filled with bugs. <laughs> a sack full of maggots. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's good. It's also like, I don't know, I, I feel like I'm... It, it it it's like the 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 poisonous apple from the tree and then it's like because it's Tim Burton and Tim Burton like intentionally does that that like is this for kids or is this a little dark and twisted yeah right right like right. Nightmare Before Christmas kind of hits it too too directly yeah um I can't remember like The Corpse Bride I, I watched it but I don't remember shit about it it was the same year Coraline came out I think and I was just like well this is obviously so much better yeah The Corpse Bride was alright I mean it's I don't know. It's 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 really similar to to Nightmare Before Christmas. Not similar to, but just the style and everything. Coraline's one of the few movies I watched and then watched immediately again. Like went back. 
We've only done that a few times. It's my first watch of Inception, I rewatched it immediately. Mm. But I was not in the right headspace for Coraline. Yeah. I didn't know what I was getting into. You realize it was a more serious movie than you thought. Like an hour in, I was like, God, I, I want to go back and watch it all as like a, just a movie and not a, I'm going to watch this kid's movie while I play on my phone. Kind of. Oh, movie. right, yeah. yeah. That's not for that, yeah. yeah. That's really good. I like Coraline. I like Neil Gaiman. That's, I think, why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was shorty today, I think. It was a fun topic, though. Yeah. I like- talked about it easier than I thought we would. Yeah, I like, I like thinking about that, like, because often you get the, uh, you know, it's, it's more of like a marketing thing. It's like, this is not for you. Uh, but but to actually, like, these stand-up movies like Anomalisa, which it's not a gimmick. It's just like, they wanted a different medium. And right. it's animated, and we should take it as seriously as other yeah. things. That's been a, a platform that I've had, that there needs to be a voice acting Oscar. Like, sure. There needs to be one. It definitely makes a difference in, in animated movies. Yeah, when they're good and when they're bad. Yeah. I know we're I know we're kind of moving on, but I just there's one movie that I've never seen that I saw it pop up on some lists, and it's uh, Heavy Metal. Yeah, never seen it. Yeah, but uh, I know that's a cult classic. I know a lot of people love it. It's it's like an anthology series that was made by Heavy Metal magazine, <laughs> and so they just made this like wild, like string of vignettes. They're like fantasy themed, right? Yeah, or, yeah. So they're all they're all basically like, what if all uh, like metal album covers were real? And like, what's the story behind? <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's they have some of the best album covers. Yeah, that make the chicks up the craziest airbrushed van sides. Also, <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. Anything? Anything else on this topic? I don't think so. I just I'm gonna I'm gonna try and continue my my anime experiment this year, and, and I'm gonna have a, a new one watch for this month. I think that that fits in there. Yeah, I'm gonna um, now that I have a copy of uh shit. What's the animated movie that you're putting in the Hall of Fame? Akira. Nope. That you're putting in the Talk of Fame. Uh, the Miyazaki movie, the best one ever. That I can't remember. Oh, the Away. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to watch Bearded Away finally. Um, and then check out House Moving Castle. That'll wrap up the Miyazaki for me there. Oh, you'll, you'll have... Have you... Well, you have, so you've seen like Porco Rosso and like all the Kiki's delivery service? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. I don't know why I never saw Spirited Away. I tried to watch it twice and I fell asleep. Not because of it. I was just exhausted. Yeah. And I was cuddled up with once my niece who wanted to see it. And I woke up at the end and she was like, that was amazing. She loved it. <laughs> You're like, yeah. She's also like probably smarter than me. <laughs> so, I don't know. Uh, yeah, we didn't really talk about TV much, um, but there's there's a lot to talk about there. I think there's a lot of like more TV after like the Family Guy and uh, uh, what was the, the King of the Hill. I think there was a lot more oriented towards adults for cartoons. Beavis and Butthead kind of yeah, that movie was and then now there. you have things like Big Mouth, yeah, which are definitely oriented towards adults. Yeah, What's I mean, Big Mouth? it's the Netflix show about the kids and adolescence. Uh, I've seen it. I don't know what it's about. And you've got like BoJack Horseman, John Mulaney, and uh, what's his name, uh, Nick Kroll, huh. basically co-created. It's just it's about being thirteen, not for the era it can be. John Mulaney hosted SNL, didn't he, recently? Yeah. Did you see that? I hadn't seen it yet. Uh, I think he hosted yesterday. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. That'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I don't love his stand-up, but um, 
He's pretty funny sometimes. I do. I think his stand-up also just came up on Netflix. Kid Gorgeous. Uh, new there's a new one? Yeah. Fun. Fun. Here's Brent's favorite stand-up, right? It's either this weekend or next weekend it's out. Yeah. I love his stand-up. Anyway. But yeah. Cool. Sorry sorry to kind of reopen that wound, but there's <laughs> lot, lots of good animated TV shows. Yeah. Know, Robot Chicken in the vein of Anomalisa. Okay. Yeah. In, in the style. That stop-motion stuff. Yeah. You got homework for us, Blackle? I do have homework. Um, I... Uh, I was looking on a list and I was just trying to find some interesting topic or anything and I was looking on a list of uh, of movies where movies where the villain wins and this was uh, this was listed at, so that's going to be kind of our topic for next week but uh, this is actually a movie there was debate on Reddit as to whether this fits that category or not so I actually I'm interested I've never seen it I don't know if you've seen it but it's a science fiction movie from the 90s uh Weirdly, I'm going back to 1995 for a Brad Pitt movie again from 1995, <laughs> unintentionally. But we're gonna know we're gonna watch Twelve Monkeys. Oh, fun! Okay, cool. Because I've I've never seen it, and I know it's I know a lot of people really like it. I know there's like time travel involved, yeah. and, and some like the fun question y'all have answering, and I look forward to. You. I'm gonna be out for that podcast. But uh, not only is does the villain win, but who the villain is. It's fun. Okay, so maybe that's why people are not sure if that movie fits. Yeah, I think it's so, pretty clear who wins, but you don't know if they're indeed the villain. Right. Fun. So that's cool. that's going to kind of be the topic. So movies, movies where bad guys win. Nice. Well, we'll this we'll, is going to be a real uplifting topic, yeah. I guess. We'll, Sweet. We'll, we'll be we'll be Sans TJ. We might have David. We might have uh, Kelly return. Yeah. But, but we'll, we'll we'll see. We'll keep it. We'll keep it breezy. And that's ah. on uh, that's on stars. Okay. Cool. Streaming on the stars. Well, thanks, Brent. Uh, this has been Talkie Talk, podcast of TheMediaBias.com. You can email us at TheMediaBias.gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at TheMediaBias. You can find us on Facebook. We've got a page and we've got three groups, TV's Bias, Movies Bias, Games Bias. We don't actually make any of those things, but we watch them and talk about them. Um, <laughs> you can, if you, if you please, uh, would you kindly rate us on iTunes? Uh, whatever you want to rate us, uh, let us know what we're doing, if we could do better. Um, and we want to give a big thanks to the intro music, uh, the Willow Walkers. Willow Walkers. Thanks, Willow Walkers. And a big thanks to Boo Reefa. Thanks, Buriva. They have a. (laughs) This is also your reminder, your last minute reminder. They have a show this upcoming weekend. If you are local to us uh, in the Decatur area, they're playing at Java Monkey. Java Monkey. They're playing, uh, I think, some of their newer music that they've written. Um, but yeah, if you want to go support Burifa, who supports us, then uh, go check them out. We'll you probably should. be there. It'll be a good time. Yep. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Kicking rocks down old dusty roads. Small town slowpokes, long time ago. Kicking out records of all the things that I know. All the things that I know.